water over the subject of wallpaper and upholstery for the royal bedrooms. Captain Prentice couldn't understand why anyone should want to come to this dank, dreary place for any part of the summer or autumn. To judge by his experience, the temperature seldom rose above sixty degrees and usually it rained. Yet Victoria and Albert genuinely loved Scotland. They thought it romantic. Romantic. How could any place be romantic where the inhabitants had such stern moral principles? Bobby Prentice knew from experience that it was very hard indeed to awaken any romantic feelings in the young ladies of the neighbourhood. He was fairly adept at spotting those of a generous disposition, for he was often separated from his wife Laura, and you couldn't expect a man of his lively nature to go without feminine sympathy, now could you? Alas, you only had to look hopefully at one of the pretty girls here to have her parents frowning and inquiring into your family. It was, of course, no use pretending he was a single man. The members of the royal household were subjects of great interest to the local gentry, and, of course, were expected to behave with as much circumspection as the royal couple themselves, which certainly put a curb on any romantic notions Bobby might have unless he were to go after a chambermaid or someone of that sort. But then they talked in such a peculiar way, almost a foreign language. How could you have any kind of fun with a girl like that? You could go to bed, of course, oh yes, easy enough, if you showed the glint of a silver coin. Yet his tours of duty abroad had taught Bobby that making love could have more to it than a florin's worth of physical relief. Still... No use making himself miserable by thinking of the girls he'd known in France, the pretty little mistress he'd kept in Saxony. He was miserable enough, heaven knew, cooped up in this uncomfortable little office, without even the possibility of getting out with a gun and a dog. He was on duty, a junior equerry. He must stay where he was. He gazed out through the dusty panes. The drizzle had actually stopped. There was even a glimpse of watery sun on the downtrodden grass of what would be a sloping lawn. There was a sparkle on the leaves of the sad-looking bushes, struggling to stay alive among the piles of planks and the scaffolding. And there, stealthily making her way among them, was a slender young lady. Bobby couldn't believe his eyes. A girl. A girl of medium height, the hood of her mantlet dropped down to reveal very dark hair, pulled back in a high chignon. In the faint silvery light of the September sunshine, her face seemed very pale. But she was gone before he could distinguish her features. He blinked. Had he imagined her? He saw her at once in his mind's eye. The mantlet of dark cloth trimmed with something white. Ermine, perhaps. The dark hair touched with the gleam of moisture from the dripping trees. Her movements quick and supple. Yes, and secretive. She had been skulking. Skulking. And carrying a package. He called it up again in his memory. A package in her arms. Something about a foot long, and not quite so wide, wrapped in dark, strong paper or perhaps canvas. 
a bomb. The royal family weren't universally popular. Now and again madmen leapt out to make attempts on their lives. Could this neat little lady in the dark clothes by any chance be an anarchist? All this had taken a fraction of a second to pass through his mind. Before the girl could have taken another step after she disappeared among the building equipment, Bobby Prentice was out of the door and after her. There was a pile of stone blocks immediately outside the office. He crouched behind it, listened intently, and heard a soft footfall some yards away. He moved without sound towards it. At the end of the stone pile, he glanced in the direction the sound had come from. She was walking with a gentle tread and with an anxious turning of her head towards the open French windows of the drawing room. In two strides.